Welcome to episode five of Voices from the Northeast. In this episode, some of our more frequent contributors are going to have a go at leaving me some voice messages. In the past, I've done interviews with people, and then I've asked yourselves, my wonderful listeners, to get in touch and share your memories, but I haven't really given you an example of how that's going to sound in the show as we move forward. So, I've asked some of our more regular contributors, as I've said, to leave me some voicemail messages. I gave them a theme, and the theme was the memories of shops and experiences in Ashington, particularly the Main Street Station Road area. And they have come up trumps. So without further ado, I'm going to go to the first voicemail message, which is a shared voicemail message from Neil and Eleanor. Enjoy. Right. Oh, hello, Paul. Uh, Neil here. Uh, yes, you're podcasting about the shops in Ashton. Station Road, I think, in particular. Well, one of my, um, one of my memories, and every time I watch the sketch of uh, the two Ronnies, the four candles sketch, always puts me in mind of Humphreys. Now, Humphreys was on Station Road where probably the Newcastle Building Society is now. Now, Humphreys was your four candle shop. He sold everything. He was a hardware shop. Everything I remember was in little drawers. Nails, screws, everything. You could just, you could get everything in the shop from seeds for your garden to hammers, saws, saw blades. It was just unbelievable. He had a long counter in the front. So as you walked through the door, the counter was to your left, just like the four candle sketch. And I remember Mr. Humphrey used to, he used to stand behind behind the counter. He had white hair, a white beard and moustache, and a red, oh, sorry, Paul, that's Santa Claus I'm thinking of. Um, he used to wear a leather apron with pockets down the front, unlike, uh, unlike the two Ronnie sketch where he wore a brown coat. He used to wear a leather apron. And goodness knows what he kept in this leather apron, but whatever you wanted, he seemed to be able to produce from it, like a bit like Paul Daniels. Now, those were the days when you went in and you could ask advice, because the guy, I think, was quite knowledgeable in the way of joinery, metalwork, etc. And you could go in, and in them days, you didn't have to buy six nails in a plastic packet. Because now if you go to Maxwell's, as you know, you might want 10 nails, but they come in packs of six. So you've always got two nails left over. Well, what do you do with two nails? You either put them in a jar somewhere or throw them away. Well, at Humphreys, you knew how many nails you wanted, sort of, so you could ask them. And actually, you could buy nails by weight. You could ask for a pound of nails, a half a pound of nails. That, oh, of course, your listeners might not know what a pound is, Paul. Um, a pound's, uh, ooh, let's see, 16 ounces, which is still no benefit to your uh, listeners who um, who now work in kilos. Uh, anyway, a bag of sugar is a kilo, so 
I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm digressing here anyway, Paul, as I tend to do, as you know. Um, yeah, so you could buy your nails by weight. You could ask for a half a pound of nails or whatever. But Oh, yes, if you just wanted two nails, you could say, uh, can I have two nails? And you would say, well, how long do you want them? And I'd say, well, I want to keep them. That's by way of being a joke, listeners. Uh, not a very good one, admittedly, but it is a joke. But that's my remembrance of Humphreys. Now, if I may be permitted, Paul, I'll just, I'll just pass on a little bit to the Grand at the, believe it or not, the Grand Corner. Now, the Grand was literally one of the grandest hotels I've ever been in. It was wood cladding from floor to ceiling. An absolutely fabulous building. Um, unfortunately gone, and that's where Bellways built their, um, their concrete square, which is now Aaron's in Iceland, which is a bit of a shame. But one of the most magnificent buildings in Ashton. So... That's my reminisce so far of, um, of at least one shop in Ashton and the Grand. Now, I don't want to take up any more of your listeners' times because, as I say, I do tend to digress about things. And my wife, Elna, would love to tell you about her little shopping experiences in Ashton. So if you don't mind, Paul, I'll sign off and I'll let you, um, I'll let you listen to Elna. Here you go, dear. Over to you. Thank you. Oh, Paul and the listeners, my recollection of Ashington Main Street was a fabulous Main Street. If you wanted anything for your home, for yourself, or for anything, you could get it. Um, Arrowsmiths, Shepherds and Doggards were the main department stores in Ashington, and you could get every soft furnishing for the house, um, lighting, cutlery, glassware, china. There were absolutely fantastic shops as well as selling clothes and bits and bobs. Uh, Arrowsmiths in particular was a magnificent shop because it had the pods where you put the money in. There were little canisters which screwed together. The assistant would put the money into the pod, press a handle, and it would go scudding across on wires to the main office where the cashiers were. They would deal with the money, put your change in, and whiz it back to the assistant. It was absolutely magnificent when you were a little girl or boy watching these wires and little pods going flying across the ceiling. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, furniture shops, were, we had two, which were Walton's and Cavendish. So there again, you could get everything you needed for any of your furnishings, settees, dining tables, uh, which Neil and I used when we were first starting up. Um, oh, and if you remember, if you bought a dining table, they would give you a dining set. Yes, those were the days when you got freebies if you bought something. And also, if you paid cash, 
you got a discount, which was absolutely great. Um, uh, other than that, uh, oh, I can't think of anything, Pierre so I'll Roni's pass you. Oh, Pierroni's, yes. Yes, yes, I should have remembered that because my mother used to work for them. Um, they used to have one little shop which was over beside the Grand Corner. Top of Myrtle Street. Top of Myrtle Street. Um, and then they moved to a very large one on the main street itself, which you could get iced drinks. You could get lovely ice cream in with your sodas and things like that. They had tables and chairs, or you could just buy ice cream cornets, tubs of ice cream. And it was really lovely for sitting in. Um, I, I'm stuck there now, so I shall pass it to Neil. Oh, yes, I have forgot to mention Pierroni's. Hey, it was fab. It was opposite the Waller. So if you were going to the pictures or if you were coming out of the Waller, you could actually go across and they had a city in booths. It's... um. It's where the fruit shop is at the top of Myrtle Street now. It was fab ice cream, probably the best in the country. Unfortunately, when Pierroni packed in, he refused to hand on the recipe to anybody. So the recipe for his fabulous ice cream has stayed in the family and will stay in the family and will never be passed on. Such a shame. And, uh, oh, can I, can I just mention the White Shop Butchers? The White Shop Butchers was let's see where is it now uh the shop that's there now well, is just down from the shoe shop yes from man um, uh oh i can't i can't really think it was just down from the shoe shop um where ooh, the chicken the chicken shack that never opened <laughs> well it's there now now the white shop butchers was a big shop had loads of staff and hanging on the wall was a massive bison's head. Not to be mixed up with buffalo, because you can't get buffalo in America. It was a bison. Not a hand bison, just a bison hanging on the wall. They had sawdust on the floor. And when the ki when we when us kids used to go in, you could make patterns in the sawdust. Uh, not the healthiest place, but the smell, the smell of the sawdust and the fresh meat hanging because they had massive carcasses of pig, beef, lambs. They were all hanging up. And whatever you wanted, you if they hadn't already cut it, they would just get the carcass down and chop it up there and then on massive wooden chopping boards. So... Um, the best butchers... It was one of the best butchers in the finest meats, a fine purveyor of meats, an excellent shop to go into, and you could get absolutely anything. I keep saying absolutely, I don't know why. But anyway, yes, a great time, and you'll be able to edit all them absolutely out, Paul. It's been uh, it's been really lovely. We could go on for, for hours talking about Station Road and the, the size of it. You can get two double-deckers abreast and still have room for cars to park. Such a shame that it is now. Never mind. 
I shall love you and leave you, Paul, and your listeners. It's been super catching up again. And I hope um, when they listen to this, they can see or they can hear that absolutely anybody can talk about anything on your podcasts. So I shall sign off till the next time. Cheers, Paul. I absolutely love listening to Neil and Eleanor. I've said it so many times. I can I can listen to Neil and Eleanor tell me their stories all day long. Just always so interesting and so much fun. I'm so glad they're helping um, me out with this episode by leaving a voice message for me, uh, even though I know it's very different to leaving a voice message to actually being interviewed. Really appreciate their contribution, though. As I said before, the aim of this episode is to try and show listeners what it's going to look like moving forward when you contribute and leave me your voice messages. With that in mind, we're going to move from our conversation with Neil Nelner uh, to a conversation with my mum. And what's really interesting is that um, some of the memories my mum has actually overlap with some of Eleanor's. So it's just, well, I'll let you hear it, but it's just interesting what stands out in a child's memory of going shopping in Ashington. Enjoy. Right, Ashington Main Street. Well, it was a wonderful Main Street in the 50s, 60s, and even into the 70s, really. There were big department stores. There was Shepherd's, which was on opposite the Grand, on the Grand Corner, which was rather nice, over quite, a, I think it was over about three floors, Huge building, huge. Then straight opposite was Arrowsmith's, which sold just about everything as well. That was a really nice department store, and that went right up into the top, very tall up. Then there was McDonald's, and McDonald's was a one where um, my sister-in-law used to work there as a young girl before she left to go up to Inverness. Um, that was a big building as well, and everyone got the school uniforms there. And then there was Doggett's. Now, Doggett's was a lovely store. I don't think my parents did a lot of shopping in there, but that had a lift as well. And Doggett's and Arrowsmith's, and I'm not sure if Shepherd's did, all had sort of the um, the air-driven where you used to put your money in the machine and the assistant would take your money off you, put it in, and put it in like a, a rack at the top and it used to go flying along to the cashier at the top. They would take your money out, write your receipt, put the change in and it would come back. I used to love watching it as a child. All these wonderful shops you did. Oh, and there was the co-op as well, which was a most magnificent 1920s building. The great big stone staircase in the centre. It was absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So you never needed to go to Newcastle or anywhere else, really, to get anything. When we first got married in the early 70s, we got sofas and a dining table and wall unit, everything from the co-op, didn't we? Um, so, yeah, basically there were wonderful shops, but sadly shopping styles changed and people wanted to start going away you know there was a lot of out of town shopping places opened and that's when the demise of all these shops started oh there was many um if you were young and it was clothes shopping i can't really remember 
very modern shops until the 70s for girls. And then there was quite a few started, but the most popular was Fleur, which was a morphous shop. And she opened up in Ashington and it was a lovely shop. You could buy everything in there, very modern. Before that, there was Pages, there was Keith Kaisley's, um, there was supermarkets as such. When the first opened, there was Brooks on the corner where um, Superdrug is now. There was the value stores, which speaks for itself. And there was also one called on the main street, just up from Boots, called Hadrian Stores. And I remember being fascinated because all along the walls were paintings of Hadrian's Wall. Used to like that. And there was butchers. Obviously, there was bakers as well. Um, and there was a local bakers as well. Donkins was there, who was an Ashton lad, an Ashton family who had that. Can't really think of any other. And there was the indoor market, which was fascinating. Um, you used to sell pets and you name it, and you could buy it at the indoor market. Of course, Woolies in them days was absolutely gorgeous. Um, there were all low counters, so the, the pick and mix for the sweets, which everybody remembers, and then there was the biscuit counter, so you could go along and choose what biscuits you wanted, and they make you a bag of biscuits up. And there was also the broken biscuits, which was very popular, especially, you know, towards to some families that were maybe a lot more hard up and you could get a pound of broken biscuits, really cheap. I mean, I can remember my mum buying them sometimes, but my favourite was on a Saturday afternoon and they used to sell hot roasted peanuts, salted peanuts. And my mum would get me dad a quarter salted peanuts and were lovely and warm. And she would put them in a bag and bring them home. And I remember the grease on the outside of the paper bags. That was nice. But come Christmas, or Woolworths especially, I don't know why Woolworths sticks in my mind, but I just remember lots of tinsel. You know, shops used to decorate. It was before PC and the whole place seemed to be tinsel as a child. And at Easter, there was the sweetie place was full of Easter eggs. And there was always a great big handmade chocolate egg which was raffled probably for a local charity I have no idea what but I do remember as a quite a young child my uncle actually won this and he wasn't married and had no family so that lovely great big egg mind I did have to share it with I had a lot of cousins and it was shared out it was too much for me to eat my mother decided um and it was just lovely. So it was a really, it was a nice shopping experience. Everyone got dressed up to go shopping on a Saturday afternoon. You know, you got changed to go up to Ashington. Um, you didn't, if you were outside playing, you were called in and your knees were washed and your hands and face were washed and you put on something nice. And you would walk up the street, do your shopping and you always met somebody always met somebody you knew so you just it, it was an experience you were away for a few hours when you went on Ashik Main Street um, usually on a Saturday my mum would go to um, Anderson's be a quarter cooked ham and half a piece pudding and that was what tea most Saturdays when we came back 
and she would treat me dad to um, a meringue. I remember I used to like meringues. And I can't remember what we used to have. I think I must have had a meringue as well. But um, Grandma didn't have a sweet tooth, so she didn't have very much. Anyway, that was Ashington Main Street, which was an absolutely wonderful place where you could buy anything you want. From a bike at Mains to, you know, cross the road to a butcher's. Then, oh, I forgot, there was a Scotch wool shop as well, which sold all sorts of wool and lovely clothing really nice clothing for older people it was and then at the top there was the remnant shop now the remnant shop well it speaks for itself it had lots of material lots of haberdashery and you could buy a yard of material which was enough to make me a skirt in those days because they were obviously mini skirts so most weekends my mum would come back with a yard of material which was about 50 pence 75 pence to make me a skirt, so I was never short of cotton skirts. Uh, there was just everything. It's um, quite sad when you see some of the shops in all these lovely towns now. I mean, it was every every town was like that. Ashington wasn't an exception. Most towns were like that, but we were the exception of having as many department stores, which a lot of towns just didn't have. Morpeth only had Rutherford's. Um, and Smeals, they were the two biggest shops, all the rest were small shops and a lot of more people would come to Ashington to do a lot of their shopping to the big department stores. So that's just a short resume of all the wonderful shops in the 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s in Ashington. Fantastic place in those days. Thanks now. Oh wow, isn't that uh, just brilliant? I love the idea that you didn't go up the street with your mucky knees and your, uh, you know, your mucky face. You you were you were called in, and you were you you had the probably the spit wash if I remember rightly, you know, a quick spit on the tissue and wipe your face clean, and uh, and and you had to be dressed nicely. It just, just so different. I mean, sadly, it sounds like a really different Bashington Main Street back in the sixties and seventies. I love the idea of so many department stores as well. And being able to get so much that you don't have to go to Newcastle. Just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I did say we were going to have contributors that have contributed in the past here helping me out with this episode. And that's true. Now I'm going to go back to my dad who has left a great voice message for me here. And talking about North Seaton and Ashton Main Street. These are great. Enjoy. Two little stories. Um, just off the Ashton Main Street used to be Oliver's Music Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, just heading down from the Main Street, from the Grand Corner, heading down to where the Mortimer used to be uh, on your left-hand side. And so you used to go in the, the door and then go upstairs uh, on the Burnham Terrace and you used to go upstairs and there was a music shop there. And what they had was the, the old-fashioned music booth. So you'd go to the counter um decide what music you wanted to listen to um and then you'd tell the person behind the counter and what they would do would would, would put it on music and basically pipe it through you'd go into a, a booth a sound booth small sound booth put your headphones on and you could actually listen to the music and then you decided whether you wanted to 
um, buy it or, or not. And some, sometimes on a Saturday, uh, you'd go and listen to two or three uh, records just to listen to different music and then go at the counter and uh, decide, oh, I don't really want that or I'll buy one of them. So that was that was one shop. The other one was Crisps uh, shop over the, not not eating crisps, but a cr- shop called Crisps used to be over the station bridge, over the, the top of the uh, main street on your left-hand side. And it was a kind of shop that you could get all sorts of things there. You could get paint, you could get toys. In fact, when you and your, oh, when your, when you and your brother were young, we sometimes used to uh, buy some of your Christmas presents uh, for the gift to Santa Claus, of course. Um, at, at crisps, but anyway, the, the the little story I wanted to tell you was um, when I was at the grammar school and I was starting to play rugby on a more regular basis. Um, I decided that uh, to be a proper rugby player, you had to have a jock strap. I'm not going to describe what that is because anybody listening to this will know what it is. But anyway, in the shop, I went in the crisps, they used to sell some sports gear. And I went into the shop with two of my friends. And, of course, they were egging us on. Go on, go on. You've got to ask. You go and ask. Go and ask. Go and ask that woman across there. No, no, no. No, I'm going to wait for the bloke coming to the counter. So I went up to the sports section. And I waited and waited and waited till a, a man actually came to the counter. And I went up and very quietly asked him for a jockstrap. And what did he proceed to do? He shouted from one end of the shop to the other, to the woman at the other end. This young lad wants a size drug shop can you get it out the back shop for us so my standing and waiting for a man to serve us was completely wasted and of course my mates thought it was so so funny and they're like creased with laughter laughing their heads off and the bloke sort of said what's funny lads oh well he's just been standing for the last 10 minutes waiting for you to serve him and you now just told everybody so that was my embarrassment and uh, I, I did get it and, and uh, put it in the paper bag and Walked, put it in my rucksack and walked out the shop. But but the other shop that I do remember the most of, given that I lived in North Seaton Colliery, was what we just used to call the store. But it was a co-op store. And it was quite a large building, um, just along from the, the main pit buildings in North Seaton. So it was just above first, second and third singles, rows as we called them then. But this shop had like two or three sections to it, and it had really big swing doors, uh, big wooden and glass paneled swing doors. So when you went into one side, you basically had to push it open. And when you were kids, it would close slowly. So you pushed it open, and then it would close slowly. And then you could get all sorts there. There was clothing. There was there was a f- food section, um, butcher section, haberdashery. Um, in fact, your Auntie Beth used to work in the haberdashery section. She used to work in the in that section as well, uh, and clothing. And that was the kind of shop that you could get lots and lots of things there. And if you if they didn't have it on shore, you would just have to ask for it, and they would try and get it for you from one of the other co-op stores around the area. Uh, you might have had to wait a couple of days to get it, but normally they would try and get you things. Um, and one of the daft, you know, we talked the other, other week about health and safety. One of the daft little games me and my friends used to play was because these big swing doors would close back very slowly. And they were like a rounded edge to the door. <laughs> we used to stand there. Somebody would push the door open. And then we'd like push our hands in and out the hinges. 
two or three times as the door was closed, and you never got caught because um, it was it was never going to you know close quickly. It was always very slowly. Um, but the manager of the store used to come out and shoo away, and he says, "Yeah, you'll get your hand squeezed one of these days, lads." Uh, but none of us ever did. Um, again, little daft games that we used to play. But um, yeah, so that was a big stone in uh, North Seaton, anyway. Anyway, just a little bit there for you for to add to your, your podcast. And um, we'll talk about a few other things, maybe next week. Bye now. Some absolutely lovely stories there. Um, and so much of Ashington Main Street and, and the whole shopping experience that is just, I guess, sadly gone now. You know, from, I think, Arrowsmith's to um, McDonald's. Very different McDonald's to the one we have gracing our streets now. Did anybody listening get their school uniform there? Do you remember that? The co-op? Now, I do remember that massive, grand, old co-op. It, I mean, it, that big staircase. Do you remember that staircase where that sort of went up and then split into two? I remember thinking like it was something out of a palace, you know? it was It was incredible. I love the idea of um, going into Woolworths or Woolies and being able to buy broken biscuits or even just being able to select what biscuits you want. You know, I mean, it's not long since Christmas and, you know, everyone's inundated with boxes of, of biscuits, but the idea of actually being able to pick the ones you wanted and have them put into a box, oh, bring that back, please. <laughs> yeah, I love... Um, that both my mum and Elna remember that um, the the money being put into the little box things and the tube things and whizzing through the the shop. Um, for me, my only reference to that is Beamish Museum now, if anyone's been there and seen that. Um, that's probably just made me mum and Elna feel really old. Um, and oh, the other one, my dad mentioning listening to music in booths and then uh, selecting, you know, which track you want to buy. That's so... So cool. That just sounds really cool. What a different way to spend your days back then. Really, I mean, from everyone that's contributed, just it's a really nice episode to to put together. And I've listened back to it just as I'm finishing editing it now. And it's a really nice mix of stories. A really good template to show the rest of you listening that this is what I want your help in producing as we move forward. So if you've got a story you want to share, please get in touch. Got lots of planned episodes coming up. I want to cover schools in Ashington. So if you've got a school story, get in touch and tell me that. I want to cover, you know, life down the Colliery Rose. Um, school stories that are specific to the likes of the North School, Hurst Park, Ashington, Hurst. Really want to hear your stories. So please get in touch via the message button, anchor.fm forward slash voices from the northeast. And as soon as I can, I'm going to get an email address set up for the podcast as well so that you can drop me an email and we can arrange doing live interviews for some people as well. Because I know some people might actually feel more comfortable doing an interview than they maybe do leaving me a voice message. So I want to really give everybody the opportunity to contribute. Thank you again for listening. Stay safe and well, everybody. And I'll uh, speak to you on the next podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>